Hello, everyone, and welcome to Employee, your podcast for rethinking employment. My name is Christina Walkermeyer, and I'm the host of this podcast. Today, I feel very honored and I'm very excited to have Def Oshla here with us today. Def is the author of the book 50 Ways to Get a Job, an unconventional guide to finding work in your terms. And this will be our focus topic of our episode today. Additionally to being an author and blogger, Def is the CEO of Catalog, a recruiting firm. And he's also the founder of DreamNow, a nonprofit design studio that builds products and programs that change the world. So welcome, Dev. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining our podcast today. And I'm really, really happy that you joined one of our first episodes and that you're taking the time to answer our questions. Before we talk about your book and the website, 50 Ways to Get a Job. So Dev, since you have such an interesting profile, can you tell us a little bit about yourself What is your background and what was your journey until you've become a founder and author? Sure, definitely. So I am Canadian. I grew up in a small town called Victoria, BC, and I, I was one of those kids that was just always really involved. So I was, I was been involved in social activism since a very young age and ended up starting a nonprofit in my early 20s and when I was in college still. And that nonprofit helped young people start community projects. We worked with thousands and thousands of young people and eventually realized that all these young people are trying to get jobs, trying to figure out how to keep on doing good in the world and uh, but get paid to do it. And that led me to this question that has lasted for the last six, seven years of research, looking at how do people find jobs that make money, do good, and give you that sense of purpose, which the results of that research, which involved talking to thousands of of career counselors and people solving it from the tech side and people solving from the academic side and reading career books that range from 1970s forward was the website 50 ways to get a job which i just finished turning into a book called 50 ways to get a job and um the book got released three or four months ago and uh it's been it's been remarkable seeing it in the world and hearing people's stories of actually pursuing all these steps and getting jobs they care about. So what is 50 Ways to Get a Job about? Can you explain us a little bit what the idea of the book is and uh, which solutions or what kind of advice do you want to provide and for whom? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, there are, when you pick up job books today, they really haven't been rethought since the 1970s. That's one of the things that first struck me as soon as I started reviewing and researching all these, these texts is that it's been the same, get your resume together, Uh, network, meet people, and then hopefully get a job. And, you know, the way that we're doing it today, the way that people are job searching today is applying online and almost trusting the same algorithm that picks your next YouTube video to pick your next job, which is crazy. And mm -hmm. so I want to strip all that away and strip all the like, follow your passion and just do what you love and try to find a real tangible advice that actually gets people there. And so that's what we really tried to focus on is like, what do you actually need to do? Not just if you're an extrovert, But also if you're more of an introverted person and not just if you love, you know, if you know what you love or if you're still figuring it all out, like what are the tangible steps that you can do that will get you the momentum that will get you the next job in uh, that that is on your path? You have very unconventional starting points, for example, finding my purpose or feeling overwhelmed or being stuck, but also something like networking. So do you believe that job search in general has changed? It has different starting points. And how do you want to provide advice to those people? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing that sometimes you, the things that you change in your life have dramatic implications in a totally different aspect. So in the book, it talks about making structural changes to your living space, which is like changing your apartment so that it makes you feel a different way, which would never seem like it should fit in a job book. 
but it's actually the perfect thing to do when you don't have momentum. And sometimes it's the thing that could shift some aspect of how you feel. And that ends up changing how you show up in a job interview. And so there's a lot of different approaches in a book that take a nonlinear approach to your job search, but it actually works if you do the work. And that's why it's it, the book is broken up into these sort of emotional categories. Like, are you stuck? Are you applying? Are you overwhelmed? Are you happy? You know, are you finding your purpose? Are you just starting? Like, what what aspect are you in? And then there's five or six exercises in each one that some are counterintuitive, but they actually help you get the momentum going you need to get the next job. So there's a website called 50waystogetajob.com or even the German version 50wegezumjob.de. So what is the idea of the website and where do you see the difference between the website and the book? Sure, yeah. So the website is has a bunch of the steps. It's like a great first start. You can get a real good sense of like what kind of activities there are, what kind of exercises. And it's it's that sort of companion to the and the book itself You know, if you take all the content on a website, it's about 20 pages and the book is about 280. And I really, really was able to go out and talk to people that range from architects in Mexico City to spending time with a wilderness tracking course in Utah and being able to like pull all these examples of how people are actually using these steps. And, you know, there's the website itself gives you a few bullet points and the book gives you a little bit more of the context on how and why and and sort of that trusted guide you need along the way. So how was your journey? How did you come up with the idea? So which needs from users or job seekers did you observe? You mentioned earlier um, that you were interviewing thousands of people. So what was uh -huh. the actual user problem that you wanted to solve or that you observed? Well, it's just overwhelming. You know, it, the, the fact of the matter is that once you start your job search, within three weeks, you're pretty much in your lowest point. You know, you're sending these emails out and you're not getting any response back. And I want to find a way to give people the agency back so that they could start choosing what they do and start the job search itself could actually feel like the job that you want, which is not what it is. It's just, right now the job search feels like this, you know, foreign, uncomfortable, uh, in-between state that you have to go through every once in a while. And you feel like you're making a mistake just by being there. And I was like, how can that job search be flipped on its head? How could it make you feel empowered, make you feel curious, teach you new things, and actually end up feeling like the eventual job that you want to get? And so that's the way that we approached. And it wasn't just me that interviewed people. We were a team of six of us and mm -hmm. a whole whole range of other folks. But when I was writing the book, it, I was trying to find an approach of like, what could we do? What could we offer people that is both calming, refreshing, and actually helps them move forward. Do you have the feeling that job seekers at the moment are a little bit left alone? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the first steps in the book is find to find somebody else that's in a similar situation to you because it is, you know, it's something that we don't talk about and it's sometimes a little bit, uh, you're afraid even with your, your partner or whoever you're with is you're afraid to talk about all the, you know, that you're draining them <laughs> and talking about how depressed you are, how much struggles you are, I mean, in job search. And it's it's uh, it's about trying to figure out if, if the internal work isn't working right now for you and feels like you don't have mo momentum, then it's time to do something external. If you have been doing all your research and you now need to meet people, like do the other thing. So there's a lot of work to be done and mm -hmm. there is a path forward and just about trying to find what's that right thing for you. And that's the way that 50 Ways is set up is that it's a book with two page chapters and a bunch of them so that you can just basically open the book to anywhere and start just like the website and it'll be the perfect place to start for you. Mm -hmm. So you provide a very alternative approach for how to look for a new job. 
When I was in the same situation um, earlier this year, I was a little bit frustrated because whenever you're not satisfied with your job situation today, I have a little bit the feeling what the internet has to offer is always quit your job, create your dream, become self-employed. And I, I just don't believe that becoming self-employed is a solution for everyone, for example, for no, people that have to pay debts not. or like mothers, for example. A lot of people, you know, it, we live in a culture right now that really prizes the entrepreneur, but that's not the answer for people. Sometimes a good job is. And I was sick and tired of seeing that, where it's like I've seen people that actually have, it's not the right answer for them. You know, maybe there's too much debt. Maybe you have a child at home. Maybe you need the stability. Maybe, you know, you're dealing with sickness in your family and you need to have a slower pace of life right now, whatever it is. Or maybe you just aren't an entrepreneur. You know, maybe yeah. you just want to do good work and there yeah. is so much good work to do. And I want to give people a sense that that is not a not something to be seen as less of. In fact, there are amazing jobs that can provide for amazing lives. And I just think, how can I help people get there and how can I help people realize that they don't need to buy into the cult of entrepreneurship in order to find happiness and, and live the life that they want to live? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, that leads me actually to my next question because it's so hard to find jobs out there if you don't know their job title, for example, or if you don't know the companies that uh, would offer, let's say, a new, maybe innovative job you never have heard of. So on your website, you also say that only 3% of jobs are found through job boards. Yeah. And then you actually, one of the advices you give is actually you ask people to visit a job board site and then leave it right away. <laughs> so why do you believe that people need new approaches for looking for or finding new jobs? And yeah, what, what is also the role of self-reflection here? Definitely. I mean, so the way that 50 Ways is set up is it's about a curiosity-driven approach so that you're seeking to learn something. And in that aspect of what you want to learn, which can change and shift, You'll end up meeting people, talking to people, researching things, and finding companies you would have never thought about before. So one of the first steps I like telling people to do is to create a to-learn list. Make a list of everything that you want to learn, and then ask yourself, what are the companies, job descriptions, job titles, experiences, books that I could do that or find that would help teach me as many of these things on this list as possible. And all of a sudden you're going to find companies that you never think were the perfect job for you or that you would never even consider. Maybe it's in an industry that you never would have thought of working in, but it might be the perfect place that can teach you all those things on that list. And it's a different way of approaching and filling out that list of companies instead of just applying with the same four companies that you've always heard about or that your friends work at that you think is good. So I need to ask again, uh, what is the role of self-reflection? Do you believe that maybe job search should start with self-reflection? Yeah, I mean, there's a different stages to it, you know, and self-reflection and having and knowing who you are and, and what you want is is a really important part of it. And, um, you know, I feel like we actually go in and out of those stages. You know, I don't think it's a consistent one or it necessarily always starts there. But there's different times when we need to have take a break. You know, I think we're a real pattern based creatures in a lot of ways and we do what we were doing before and sometimes when we're coming out of a job search and the, or coming out of a job and it was really stressful we'll just move into another job that is just or a job search that's equally as stressful we'll recreate the same circumstances so sometimes it's important to take a break take a vacation buffer go on a research trip sit quietly in a room for 45 minutes and just <laughs> just stop you know and and have that chance to reset those rhythms and reset those routines so that you can start hearing that inner voice of what you actually want and in a way that's more grounded and, and clear 
What do you think are currently the biggest hurdles and challenges that you observe for job search at the moment? You know, I think it's a lot actually what we were just talking about. I think a lot of it is people's expectations that they need to just follow their passion or have something that just comes to them in a lightning moment and then tell that story. It's almost like a TED Talk syndrome. You know, you see all these people do these amazing TED Talks and you are just waiting for that to happen to you. And that the reality is that doesn't doesn't even happen for those people that are giving those talks and that life happens in a much more um, much much slower pace in a way that's just more about paying attention paying attention to the questions that come into our head being curious about them seeking out the people that can help you answer them and as you go along these journeys and of answering these questions or learning new things you actually find people that will give you jobs and put your real skills to work and these aren't made up jobs you know this is not these are taking real skills that you have and you need to have real skills like graphic design project management product management like operations you know something that is tangible and mm -hmm. then you need to have that mission fit of you know something that you know why you are curious about that particular industry and when those two things come together and sometimes it takes a job to get those skills or get to prove that you have that mission fit but when those two things come together you end up with jobs that really feel like they have that sense of purpose and and pay the bills. Your LinkedIn profile says, I have a non-linear career. How do you define a non-linear career? Well, my, my, my career is, you know, I've really lived the way that the book speaks and the website speaks. I feel like my life has been a product of the same type of advice that I I am I'm talking about and it means that I've done everything from working for a nonprofit to being in a sales job to working for a venture firm to helping run a furniture business you know it's it's been all over the place and but there is a thread there's a thread of my desire to get to know people over the long arc of their careers and my belief that if I do that and I build these long arc relationships that I can move money people resources around in a way that really makes the world closer to the way I think it should be nice so do you believe that nonlinear careers are becoming the new normal or do you rather believe that people are trying to achieve more linear careers? No, I think people have access to nonlinear careers now in a way they didn't mostly because of technology and a few other sort of more global trends. But also we are have where there are more stories of people with nonlinear careers but it, it still is true there are a lot of careers that are just linear <laughs> and but the reality is when you dig deep and you look at those even most linear careers of a lawyer or a nurse or a doctor and you look at what or an engineer and you look at their path it still relied on these chance meetings with somebody or still relied on the right opportunity at the right time and and all of our lives do And it's just the idea that is linear, the idea that it's going to work out that is fixed. And I think as more people are living nonlinear careers, we have more stories of people that it's going to work out. You don't need to be one of these four careers, a teacher, lawyer, doctor that you've always heard about, that there's other alternative careers and that you are going to be okay. Yeah, I just believe when I, when I look at the generation of my parents, like usually they would even advise me, oh, Christina, you should stay with a company for minimum 10 years. Otherwise, uh, it could be perceived that you're not loyal to, the, to a company exactly. if you apply somewhere. So I have the feeling like my generation, I'm the beginning of my 30s, is already a little bit different. So we would not stick with a company for 10 years, but usually we try to do like the two to five years, let's say. But then yeah. when I look at the younger generation, let's say at the beginning of their 
20s, they're just jumping around. Like they're, they're, first of all, I have the feeling their acceptance level of uncomfortable job situations is much lower than ours. Um, right. But they're just also so eager to learn. They're so curious about things. And it's not that I want to stay in a job for, let's say, five years because they have the feeling they just miss a lot of learning opportunities. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that? that's the thing is that there's been a transition from people making stability-based career decisions to learning-based ones. So people are asking themselves, have I learned everything I can here? And if the answer is yes, then they move on to something else. And that's, uh, it's like, also it adds more resiliency because we know even the most fixed jobs, you know, our generation has seen that like going through a sort of global recession at a certain point that even the most fixed jobs, the secure ones that we're told were all secure, aren't necessarily secure and things can shift below us and we have to have the resilience to figure out what, what to do next. And do you think that recruiting and job searches in general need to adapt to um, to react to more diverse job profiles? Yeah, I mean, the world is, I mean, it's, I, I think they are adapting. You know, mm -hmm. I think the job market is constantly adapting and the way that people find jobs and the way recruiters do their work is constantly adapting. But at the end of the day, as an individual that's pursuing these changes, you know, it's up to you to take control and have the agency to realize that you don't have to just apply on job boards and wait, you know, that you can pursue your curiosities and decide what you want to learn and find people to teach it to you and that there's going to be people that will pay you to do that. And that is something that is really current today and is really possible today. And I think I think we have access to and the, yes, the job market is changing, but I think we are too. And, and I see a lot of a lot of people being able to do that. So what does that mean for the future of the standardized job profiles and companies? I mean, a lot of companies or even job search are still working with standardized job profiles that we're asking for, let's say, a linear career or like a linear linear expertise of a certain job family do you believe this also needs to change and how um, well you know it's, there's certain jobs that demand that and also there are different ways of telling your story you know either the way that I told my story on my LinkedIn as you mentioned is in a much more nonlinear way but you know when I was applying for the last job I told my story in a very linear way and I and it's about omission about what you leave out Mm -hmm. not what you include, you know, and knowing that you can leave out big chunks of what you have done and who you are as a person. And it still doesn't affect, you know, how you, who you are and how you show up and you can still, you're still you. <laughs> so there's different mm -hmm. ways of telling your story and uh, there are different ones that are appropriate at different times. So what do you think is the role of the speculative or open application today? And if there's, is there a scalable solution inside? So for a lot of big companies, I just know that those open applications or like speculative applications end up in the trash can because it's just not scalable for them because they receive so much per day. Right. Uh, but you have a, a very nice advice in, in your tool. You suggest to write the magic email. Can you tell us a right. little bit about that? Definitely. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I do not suggest just applying to these open applications. And instead, I suggest finding somebody that you can identify that's, either high up or a couple levels down and sending them this email. And the email is pretty simple and it works because it actually takes a lot of work to say it with truth. There's a lot of ways you could fake this email, but if you fake it, it's not going to work. So the way to write the email is simple. It's three ways to prove that you have mission fit, that you are doing the same work as the company. And whether that's research or whether it's interviewing people that are in a similar industry, then you need to actually have done that work. And then the second paragraph is about three ways that you have a real skill. So this is not soft skills. It's really hard skills. Like, as I mentioned, graphic design, finance, operations, whatever it is. And if you don't have that, you need to go out and learn it and you need to do it. And you need to maybe have a job where you just learn. 
And then, you know, the third paragraph is a paragraph where you're like, I was doing this myself. I've been walking down this path and I found you guys. Let's do it together. Let's chat. And all of a sudden, what's amazing that happens is that so many companies get these uh, emails where people either have all the mission in the world or they have all the skills in the world, but very rarely do they ever have both and are able to communicate both. And it just makes you stand out and you're going to get the meeting and that meeting will eventually lead to a job. So that would be some of your advice to people that want to find new jobs based on their skill set, strength or like experience. But what would you even suggest to people that also want to maybe include also flexible working environments such as remote working, flexible working hours? What your advice would be for those people that just want to find jobs based on, let's say, an alternative kind of way? Well, I, you know, I don't think it's, I, I'm a real strong believer in doing work that matters instead of just optimizing your life for extra time. I really think that we can find work every day that feels us, that feeds us, that actually gives us a sense of purpose versus just trying to like structure our lives so we don't work, you know? And I think that's a different kind of a mindset. And I don't actually think 50 Ways is set up to do that because 50 Ways is about finding work that you do every day that you love, that your life and work and the way you live are all become one cohesive whole. And I think this like life hacking, alternative ways of making sure you have flexible employment so you don't work, that you have automated, doesn't actually enable us to get closer to a real sense of purpose. You know, it gives us time, but then what do we spend that time on? And we, we start recording things, and when you're recording things, you look at them, and when you're looking at them, it actually measures yourself against, and your confidence comes from that constant relationship you have to how much time you're saving or how much time, how efficient you are, or where you are in a peer group and or a versus like the choices you made to be you. And so I think actually 50 ways is a little bit different than that and doesn't doesn't wouldn't work if someone just wants to sort of sit on the beach and work a couple hours a day. So this also leads me very perfectly to to my next question even if this is coming a little bit late in our in our conversation but how do you define the term job or maybe work? And do you think it's necessarily linked to making or earning money or would you see that separately? No, I think it's definitely related to earning money. And it's like, I mean, I think work means doing something that you love and doing something that feeds you and that you think the world needs, you know, and closing the gap between what the world that could be and the world that is and how do you bring that gap closer together and like good work is something that does that for you you know and sometimes that can be about enabling you to have the stability you need to raise a family and other times it can be me about working in a nonprofit to stop climate change it can and both have just as much meaning and can be just as personal and i think our work and the way that we spend our time is how we live our lives and i think that there's people that have been dealing with the, these questions on how to be for for centuries, you know, and it's this fundamental questions that theology deals with in a lot of ways, and that is currently being placed upon our work lives to figure out. And I think there's a lot to learn from both. So when I understood you correctly, you're not a believer of a work-life balance. It's rather about creating a life and like finding a work that makes you happy or? Yeah, definitely. I think balance looks like different things. Balance is an equal part. One apple and chocolate cake every day is not a balanced diet. <laughs> you know, mm. I think it's like a balance is constantly shifting based on what we're dealing with, what life demands, and what our circumstances are. And I think it's about being able to be, as you mentioned, self-reflective and understand what that balance looks like for you right now. And how does work and life fit together for you right now? 
So I have one very last question that I ask everyone that I interview in this podcast. And this is, if you would have the superpower to change one thing in terms of employment situations today or even how to find a new job, what uh, would you change? I would change... If I had a superpower, I would enable, so in like a quick conversation, or somehow be able to like communicate to people that it's gonna be okay. <laughs> that like it's that's just like in your, when you're in the middle of like not uncertainty and you don't know about who you are and what you're doing and if it's gonna work out. That if you just keep going and if you if you just keep on being curious and keep on listening to yourself, that it's gonna be okay. And if there is a way that I could just like see somebody and have them know that, I would take that any day. All right. These were super nice last words. So thank you, Dev, for joining us today and for your very inspirational input in terms of job search. So if our listeners want to get in contact with you and have a question, what is the best way to get in contact with you? Yeah, I mean, they, they're more than welcome to, you can check out the website, 50 Ways to Get a Job, the book, and then all the contact information for myself is too is on the website. It's dajladdreamnow.org. Uh, more than welcome to get in touch. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. And... Bye-bye. Thank you.